Welcome, everybody, once again to Talking Catholic, the official podcast of the Catholic community of South Jersey. My name is Pete Sanchez once again, and I'm here today with my co-host, Mike Walsh. I'm social media coordinator and staff writer for the Catholic Star-Herald newspaper, and Mike Miguel is... um, Director of Communications for the Diocese of Camden. How are you, Mike? I am very good, Pete. How are you? Thanks for the Hispanic uh, pronunciation of my name. That's your, your Cuban is coming out. Lovely. Uh, yes, si, si senor. Um, <laughs> I am Cuban. Uh, well, Cuban-American. My father was born in Cuba. Um, and we'll tell you in a bit uh, why we are speaking Spanish Un poquito, a little bit today. I will not Uh, be speaking un poquito. I'm going to stick with my usual South Jersey dialect and South Jersey language because I would not want to insult the uh, Hispanic community by attempting my now almost two decades old uh, training in the Spanish language. Two (laughs) decades? Yeah, I took Spanish in uh, college after failing miserably at French in high school. My mom thought it was a good idea to take Spanish in high school or in college. Uh, It turns out that was not a good idea either. (laughs) Well, you were mal, mal. You were bad, and, and yeah, I'm just gonna go with I was bad. I was bad. <laughs> okay. it was not well, good. Maybe you, you'll just be silencio in, in silence. <laughs> I think the podcast listener would love it if I was silencio. So <laughs> no problem. Well, and your week's going well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, the final week of prep before uh, Lent begins. So uh, you know, just getting press releases out about where we'll be doling out ashes uh, fresh Wednesday, and you know, meatless options going forward, and you know, uh, getting ready for the Twitter in a few weeks. So yeah. this is a I you know I've been with the diocese now uh, over a full year, and I will admit that uh, as of all the seasons, uh, Lent is definitely the busy season for the diocese, and particularly for the communications department. Yeah. So so definitely girding up for uh, for the onslaught of Lent oh, until Easter. We got yeah the right of election will be a week from Monday, a week from Sunday, and then we have. Uh, the Triduum, like you said, or the Chrism Mass during Holy Week, and then it is an extremely, but uh, I've already been taking time, uh, even though it doesn't start until Ash Wednesday, I've been taking time trying to prepare myself. Uh, every year I kind of try to read a spiritual book, mm-hmm. uh, just spiritual reading, and now one of the things I'm, re- I'm, I'm this year I just started yesterday St. Augustine's uh, Confessions I have tried reading St. Augustine's Confessions three times since 1997-ish mm-hmm. um, because certainly his personal story is one that any good sinner can uh, appreciate and uh for whatever reason, I get about two chapters in, and then and even though I find it engaging, it's not because it's not engaging. I will get distracted, and then I don't get back to it for well three or four years. I have to admit, I have a confession too about confessions. Mm-hmm. Um, that the same thing with me. I um, have kind of. Uh, hopefully, this time I, I hope to really stick with it because yeah. I find Saint Augustine so relatable. If you really. If people here don't know about him, look him up. He, uh, amazing saint from uh, from Africa, and uh, his mother Saint Monica. That's there's a very nice, beautiful connection there. But really, Saint Augustine, at least to me, is a man of the times. Even though he, yeah. he is a saint, um, but he lived a very worldly life before he really found God. Right. And so, 
Um, he gives hope for all of us who, you know, struggle with sin through our younger days and even our middle-aged days when we think we yeah. can be better than we are. Because um, I, I certainly know that I fail regularly, and we've, we've certainly heard uh, homilies through the years of, of, you know, everyone saying that, uh, you know, we all go through these struggles, and he's the, he, he's the patron saint of struggles. I could not agree more. Yeah, I yeah. think. It's, oh, her? Oh, yeah. We should bring her into the conversation too. Okay, <laughs> I that, think, well, that's a good idea. I think you might be onto something, but I'm not going to do it in Spanish. So I'll leave that in your capable oh, hands. No. Okay. Well, we will say goodbye to Miguel Walsh. <laughs> no, I'll, no, I'll be around. I'll be around. He'll be around. No, but uh, like to give a warm welcome to Marianela Nunez. Uh, she is the field consultant for Latino Enrollment Initiative. Uh, for the Catholic Schools Office in the Diocese of Camden. Marianella, how are you today? I am very good, thank you. Buenas tardes. Buenas tardes, <laughs> and I'm very excited. This is the first we have not had, besides me, a Spanish. Uh, and you're from the Dominican Republic. Yes, right? that's where I'm from. And, um, you know, I just came to the U.S. in 2008, and oh, I've wow. been working with the diocese for almost uh, three years now. Okay. Wow. That's yes. it. I just, it seems like Marianella works on the same floor as I do. It, I was remembering, trying to think, it just seems like yesterday. Three years. Three years. Three years. Wow. Yes, yes. It's, it's been great. Uh, I think uh, my position uh, allows me to, to be myself, to actually use my, my skills in Spanish. I, you know, English is not my first language, so... Um, I love my Spanish and I use it a lot during my work. I get to do a lot of translations. I get to talk to a lot of Hispanic families and, you know, get people to know and understand the Latino culture a little bit more to be able to better serve the Latino community in our schools. And speak that, uh, talking about the Latino community in the uh, Catholic schools, um, there's a study uh, last year, there's an article written that said, uh, I don't know if this is current. Only about 3% of Hispanic children attend Catholic schools in the United States. But in this diocese, the number probably 10%. Is that? It's close to 11%. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is. And it just kind of, why do you think that? I mean, why is it? I'm going to say it's because Marianella does a really good job. I think so. That, that, that number's so high. Well, no, the number, I mean, yeah, relative. <laughs> Thank the, you, the Mike. You're very welcome. Miguel, Miguel, <laughs> well, you know what? Um, in 2008, the University of Notre Dame started this um, uh, research uh, to try to find out why Latino children uh, are not part of our schools. And, you know, our diocese uh, has uh, partnered with uh, the University of Notre Dame uh, after they got the results and started this uh, Latino Enrollment Institute, which uh, some of our principals have been to. This is like, like a four-day uh, four program that they do in Indiana at the university, and it's a great program to teach um, school leaders and administrators how to better serve the Latino population and attract these families. Part of the problem is the language barrier, but that's not all. And, um, you know, there's also um, economic uh, reasons why the Latino families don't send their children. So we have started the Latino Enrollment Initiative in our diocese, which has really helped a lot of Latino families in our parishes. And um, it's been wonderful so far. 18% uh, 
increase in our Latino population in our diocese. Oh. So we are very proud and happy about that. And with uh, and you're really your role. You're the bridge between the the families. That, yes. And you talk to them and between the school communities so you're you're always traveling you're on the road constantly yes i visit a lot of parishes that have the hispanic ministries uh and basically talk about the value of catholic education um a lot of our families uh, come from the latino countries where the catholic education is reserved to those people from the elite groups and so when they come here they don't consider themselves as you know they don't consider the schools as a viable option for their kids also there's a confusion about you know the fact that in in public schools in some of the latino countries that are catholic the kids pray there and the schools mm. you know practice their faith um which doesn't happen here it's a different kind of law and and, and different mm. situation um, so we have to explain these to families so that they understand that it's only in our Catholic schools that they can find God and find the faith. Mm -hmm. It's kind of depressing in some way that they come from these places where a public school they can pray and then they come here hoping for a better life and they find the public schools don't have that. And yes. they've taken a lot of that equation out of them. Yes, and I think, you know, um, our bishop is, is really... Uh, supportive of our Latino families and he wants them in our schools and that's why we've started this initiative to give people what they want um, because they want to be part of our Catholic schools there's no question about it they don't question our academics or you know the way we serve and, and how we uh, do our job it's just uh, you know they, they're not aware of um, how we work and I think that's where I come uh, to work and explain um, how they can start bringing their kids to our schools um, and, and what can they do uh, to be part of our system. We're helping with uh, special discounts for the Latino community uh, to attract them and you know this is uh, our work and is the mission of our school since they started. You know, the schools themselves, um, have you found that um, they've, uh, by and large, been pretty open to the idea of, you know, we, you know, historically, this is a very territorially um, uh, Italian, Irish, uh, certainly quite a bit waspy section, uh, is sort of how you would describe South Jersey. Uh, the Hispanic uh, influence really started maybe 40 years ago, 30 years ago, um, where, where you saw the numbers really starting to spike. Um, so I, I know it's sort of a shift for these, these traditionally Irish-Italian enclaves around South Jersey. Have you found that the schools themselves have been very open to the idea of uh, becoming a little bit more multicultural? I think so. Uh, you know, when I started, it was you know people was getting used to to the fact that we were bringing more Latino children into our schools and how we were doing that and all that, getting used to it. There was a little bit of resistance at first, but I think now um, you know it's changed and. Uh, a lot of our schools are open to it, and depending on the demographics too, because uh, this is a program we're doing basically in the, the schools where you have a Hispanic ministry uh, close by, mm -hmm. and we have a population to draw from. Uh, so, so far I've been working with 14 schools. Some of them are more uh, you know, active in the initiative than others, 
but they are certainly wel welcoming the, the Latinos. And at this point, it's not only about welcoming the Latino population, but it is also about engaging them in the school mm. and making them feel part of the school. Um, you know, because when you welcome somebody, they're like, it's, it's like an outsider. Now we want to consider them as insiders and people who can support our mission, support our school, support their children's education, and bring others Right. To, to share what they're getting at the schools. And that's just not just an initiative of the schools themselves. That's certainly been an initiative of our parishes that are finding themselves in in uh, Latino enclaves or nearby Latino enclaves where, you know, we're really making an effort to make sure those parishes are reaching out and saying, well, no, no, come to Mass. Come, what, what can we do for you? How can we serve you? And how can you become a greater influence in the churches? The churches that, you know, because I certainly work with the, the parishes a little bit more than I do with the schools, um, just because of the nature of my workload, the um, the ones that that see that um, that healthy sort of um, balance between the the territory, the, the historical populations, and these Latino populations, and you see them melding together so almost seamlessly, it's it's a beautiful thing to see, and it's it's not something that is needs to be a struggle. It's something that can really uh, really benefit a parish and. You know, so I've been happy to see that there hasn't been a great deal of resistance in, in most yeah, parishes yeah. in Jersey. I don't mean that just in South Jersey. I mean that nationally because yeah. we're seeing that a lot in the, certainly in the Southwest, uh, in Texas, and other areas. It's a national trend right now, and I think, you know, everybody is trying to do it. Businesses are trying to do it. Like, they're trying to attract the Latino population. Um, and, and I think it's... it's um, our big commitment in our, the, the church, uh, the Catholic Church of the U.S., to make sure that we are serving the Latino population well, and and why this big uh, focus on the Latino population? Because people may ask, well, there's you know there's other populations out there that we need to better serve as well, but um, you know we want to make sure that we attract and keep those um, Latino Catholics that are. Uh, in big numbers in the mm. U.S. now. Mm. It's the biggest uh, minority group, and that's why we are targeting this specific population. But as, um, you know, as I always say, it doesn't mean that we're not welcoming other groups into our schools. We welcome everybody, and we want, you know, everybody to feel that they're part of it and that they belong. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, parents are welcome to get involved and, you know, bring their groups. If you have a Vietnamese group and, you know, we don't have, uh, you know, people who can break the, the barrier of the language, um, we, we welcome parents to volunteer and serve and, you know, do what I do, sort of like attracting people through the language mm -hmm. and, and also mm -hmm. helping the, the school um, and administration understand how um, the Latino culture works and, and, and what we do and what we like. Yeah. Okay. Right. It seems, you're talking about that Latino culture, it's very interesting. Uh, I've seen it growing up, uh, my family's from Cuba, my dad's side, and so I'm grateful to Catholic education because when they came here, they came from uh, Castro, they fled the Castro Revolution. See. And, see, a revolution. And uh, they fled it and they came here and in New York is where really they were educated and even North Jersey, uh, northern New, Jer New Jersey. And something that it's a very family based. I remember yes. I covered a theology on that one time and it was for young adults primarily. And the speaker was Hispanic that came in 
and it got an entire the Spanish family that heard heard about it, and they brought everybody. They brought their little kids, and it kind of um, interesting to see. It does seem very much uh, from a, the Hispanic culture is is not to take away it from any other um, Irish American. You know, um, it seems like the uh, is it's very familiar. Yeah, that's a big word in the Hispanic world, you know, we want to make sure that um, we are family oriented and I think we do a great job in our Catholic schools uh, giving people that feeling and that's why a lot of people pick us um, as uh, part of the education for their children because um, they want to feel that, you know, their children are taken care of and in a way they feel like in, in a family. You know, the kids spend a lot of times, a lot of time in the schools um, and so they, they need to feel love and I think that's what we do very well and they, they feel the love of their mm-hmm. teachers, of the principals um, and they feel the love of God through those peoples. We have, you know, priests coming to our schools, they, you know, share with the kids. And I think our Hispanic families love, love that experience of being able to share what they do at home and what they pray at home and, you know, the fact that they, we teach children how to behave in mass, how to pray, it's really important for them. So, and I should say us. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. And, uh, I want to. You're not alone in this building a bridge. I, I had the privilege to go with you to a school and uh, talk to what they call a madrina, madrina, madrinas, and uh, and that is godmother in Spanish. And speak about the madrinas. So part of the uh, initiative involves you know developing a group of madrinas, uh, which, as you say, is uh, godmother in English. Um, and, and basically, the madrinas are like an extension of myself. I cannot be in every parish at every time, and I can't be involved in all of the community events that um, the, commu- the Hispanic community is part of. So basically, um, I have trained and worked with uh, madrinas who help me with this process of welcoming families. They help with the registration process. They invite families to the schools. Um, they help with uh, translating for you know the administration of the school when needed. Um, and you know they're such an important part of the the campaign because they bring this diocesan effort to um, a local level. And one of the things that struck me interviewing the Madinina for the Catholic Star Herald newspaper and Marinella, you've done pieces for us. Yeah. Uh, so we thank you very much for your great contribution with that too. Thank you. Uh, one of the things I it's burned etched in my mind a really great memory of talking to the Matilina, uh Claudia Claudia Trani si, si. and I talked to her and what she told me is before the Hispanic children were coming to integrated with the other students and I, for lack of a better word the other students I hate saying that but um, <laughs> they uh, before I think Claudia would teach us Spanish and yes. she said before she'd ask she asked them why do you want to learn Spanish mm-hmm. and they, the students would say well we want to because when we go to 
vacation in the Caribbean or somewhere, you know, so we can know the language. Yeah. Now, with this changed, she asks the students, why do we want to learn Spanish? And they say it's because we want to talk with our friends and our classmates. And that is beautiful. I think that is a perfect illustration of what's <laughs> happening with this and to see these communities come together and to, um, to have, uh, I mean, that's what the church is about. You yeah. know, we're one. Yeah, and I think, you know, we all find common ground when it comes to our faith. Uh, you know, we are all Catholic, and so um, we share that, even though we, you know, the, I, I may bring people to, to the schools that don't speak English, but, you know, when there's a mass, even though it's in English, they all understand what's going on, and this is where we come together as a family and, you know, as, uh, as a church. Um, so, so I love I love that aspect of the campaign, sort of like integrating um, the communities and making us feel, you know, we're all one, and and that's that's what the Pope wants. That's what God wants. That's yeah. that's our mission. Right, right. You know, one of the initiatives that's coming out that's really just sort of materialized in the last uh, six months to a year, I guess, is the Fifth Encuentro. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. Oh, good. I feel, I feel brilliant <laughs> Miguel, now. Miguel, you stole my <laughs> idea. I, I, mean, I mean, what I meant to say, Marianella, was what can you tell us about the Fifth Encuentro? Well, um, you know, this is something uh, very important that's happening right now, um, not only in our diocese, but nationwide. This uh, Fifth Encuentro... Um, and for those of you who don't understand Encuentro, this is Encounter. And you know the Pope has been talking a lot about that culture of Encounter. So uh, we're trying to do um, this four-year process in which there's going to be a lot of conversation in our parishes and group leaders are going to be uh, talking about uh, specific topics that are uh, important for the Latino community uh, to find out how we can better serve this group of Catholics that are such an important part of our church right now and that is going to keep growing if, if we keep doing our jobs. So um, it's it's something big, when, you know, after the, the four-year process, uh, the end result is going to be um, a report with a lot of research and materials that are going to come out out of the fifth encuentro to serve the Latino population better and integrate them into our church. We want to create leaders with this uh, fifth encuentro, and you know I've been talking a lot with Andres Arango, mm -hmm. uh, who is our Hispanic Ministry Director, uh, and he's been doing a wonderful job trying to integrate the parishes that are, uh, you know, part of the fifth encuentro, and. This is not only for the Latino community, this is also for the Anglo community that want to understand better, um, you know, our culture and what, uh, how we celebrate our faith and uh, what, you know, what things bring us together. Yeah. And this fifth encuentro is, the, the encuentro actually goes back several years. It started in the early 70s with the first encuentro. I'm impressed you remembered the date. You're good, Mike. I'm, 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 I listen to when Andres tells me things, too. The, um, the uh, So, and each of the encuentros has had something uh, sort of remarkable or important uh, sort of come out of them. The first one developed uh, really the, the Hispanic focus of the Catholic Church in the United States. Yes. And the second one 
really focused it a great deal more by creating uh, offices around the country where, you know, Hispanic uh, leadership offices around the country. And then it's progressed since then. It's a bit of a misnomer to call it the fifth Encuentro because it's actually the seventh Encuentro, but there were two that didn't have, there was the... The formal name. Yeah, there was a a Jubilee year Encuentro, and then there was a youth and young adult Encuentro as well, right? Hmm. Yes. Right. See, I I, I pay attention when people talk to me. Thank you so much. Good job, Andres. <laughs> he really is good. He's he's done a good job teaching me. The um, the uh, so this fifth encuentro will actually go through till to uh, twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the, but it's apexes in twenty eighteen with a with a national co- uh, conference, right? Yes, um, I think you know it's it's incredible that it it goes for four years, you know, of implementation, yeah. and you know, I I am looking forward to the end result and to see what the materials that are going to be created are going to be like. But yeah. at this point, I think. You know, the conversation is going, and if you're Catholic, and if you're Latino, and if you're not Latino, you should know yeah. that there is a fifth encuentro going on in our country, and that the Pope has blessed us, you mm-hmm. know, the United mm-hmm. States, with this uh, initiative, and you know, he really um, wants us to get the best out of it and put our, uh, you know, our hands to work with yeah. it. And this really is the time to get involved, too, because this is the grassroots time period. It's a, it's a unique schedule in that while it was called on, uh, it was called for by the USCCB, the first thing they said was, okay, everybody get together in your parishes and in your ministries, and then we'll take it up to the diocesan level, and then we'll take it up to the metro level, and then we'll take it up to the regional level, and then we'll take it up to the national level. But they really want us to get focused here on the on the and the, the local level to make sure that they know what's going on in these areas. Yeah. So this is very much a bottom up as opposed to top-down yeah. process. Um, what I like about it, too, is that a lot of our people in our churches um, who are Catholic um, don't understand a lot of what we do and why we do it, and I think this is a great opportunity yeah. to ask questions and really try to understand um, what our faith comes from and, mm-hmm. and why we do the things we do, you know? Um, so it's, it's also educating our people yeah. about our faith. Yeah. And is the only member of the uh, this uh, roundtable at the, this recording who isn't a member of the Hispanic community. Um, I will say that the, the conversations I've had with Andres have been fascinating. I mean, it really is understanding the intricacies, particularly like you mentioned before about how um, you know schools in other countries you can talk about religion, but you come here and you can't. That's something that I think for a lot of of historically active Americans we don't understand that. We, we, have, we have no perception of that. For for us, it's always been a separation. Of, well, that's not true. Since the 50s, it's been a separation of church and state where little by little, the uh, religion has been getting kicked out of the, the school system. So we've now all become sort of, you know, I don't know, uh, used to it, <laughs> yeah. Used to it in a sad, sad way, um, which is why for the communities where that is important, our Catholic schools are so, are so integral. Yeah, I, I think uh, at, at this point, you know, uh, people in, in, in our country has come to realize that there's differences, but that these differences that we have and that we bring to the table are are good, and they're a good thing, and we should embrace them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, universities and all of these big institutions, they all try to create diversity in their in their environments because they understand that it, it is a good thing 
to have different perspective on things and it creates beauty um, as yeah. well. There's beauty in diversity, don't you think? I have heard that. Yes. Aren't we beautiful with all yes. our different diversities? We are, we, you are, know? we are the United Colors of Benetton. That's exactly right. <laughs> so the, well, but the truth of the matter is, you know, what people oftentimes forget, the word Catholic means universal. It's all of us, yes. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a, a school that's in an area, a, a parish that's in an area, we're not just interested in the Catholics in that area. We're interested in the, well, the souls of every human being in that area because that's just the nature of what it is to be Catholic. So as Catholics, we should be welcoming and embracing of all cultures. Yeah, our faith really has a great message for the world, and I think it, it's great to be Catholic, isn't it? Yes, it is, ma'am. Yes, you are absolutely right. <laughs> and uh, I love I love that our Pope is Spanish. You know, oh, my gosh. Argentina. He's, I mean, that... Well, I mean, can you talk, that must, for me, that's amazing. You know, he speaks that our was, language. <laughs> that was a, a really proud moment in my life when I saw, you know, we, we, we got a, a Pope. Isn't that <laughs> impressive? You know, this is the first time, and we are so grateful about this because, you know, just listening to our Pope speaking in our language and um, being the ambassador of the Hispanics in the world as well. Yeah. Like he, he has done a great job to make people um, understand us better and you know welcome us better. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at this point where you know things are not going so welcoming in the country, I think the Pope has a great message to give us, and we as a church and you know as, uh, the diocese of Kandem um, can really bring that message out to our people. Absolutely. Thank you. Did you um, have some? Questions for what the um, so just should we ask the three questions? You think is it? That I, think time? She, I think it's about that time for the three about questions. About that time, the okay. three questions. Yes. Well, they, they don't don't the, scare me. I promise there's no math involved. You're oh, fine. Uh, thank you. <laughs> well, they're, they're actually they could be more than three. What the preguntas? And when I, I think I can handle it. Today's o cuatro. Cuatro. Don't look at me. Um, po, oh, yo no sé. I don't know. Tres o cuatro está bien. Okay. Um, so, with working in schools, I uh, have a few questions. Okay. What was your, what is your favorite subject? What was, you, what was your favorite subject to learn? Yes. History. Yes. No, it's <laughs> that is cheating. That is it cheating. Is, it is, actually, it is not cheating because you know it's it's intense. Is it you know it, learning, learning your native language and all that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, you know it's what? Just like I take it back. Yes, I, you're absolutely Come right. On, Mike. You I, see, that's a, that's I. You know what? I. Yes, you're absolutely right. The, one of the hardest classes I ever had were English classes. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and I mean, there's yeah. a whole bunch of things you learn that are really interesting about the language. You may not be a language person, Mike, after <laughs> what I heard, but true. you know, That's true. I I really I think I really am a language person. I love languages mm-hmm. and learning it, so I like. Well, you're travel. bilingual. Have you thought about going try well, or quad? Yeah, I was gonna. Well, I do some French and I do you really? some Italian. Wow. No. Oui. See, I'm just as lost as you now, Mike. When you no, 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 no. Actually, the, unfortunately, the French is stuck in my head a little bit more oh, than the oh, Spanish. But that's oh. only the things where j'ai um, oublié, uh, I forgot, and uh, anything that involves me not remembering something, I still remember. <laughs> I remember the French for that. Well, you the, can say oui, oui, oui. Yeah, I can do that a lot. <laughs> Brie, that's, that's about it. Yeah. Well, Persant. I think, I hope none of my grammar school teachers are listening, but talking about languages, I... 
was an English major in college. But for the life of me, I have to admit, please don't kill me, my former teachers. I do not know how to diagram a sentence. That flew over my head. That is so funny um, that you wow. say that. And you, so, just, you're such a great writer. Well, thank, we'll see. That's It proves the uselessness of diagramming sentences. Oh, so I, well, hold on. I would uh, uh, you please uh, send the, your letters, English teachers, to Pete Sanchez at the Catholic Star Herald and let him know about all. the uselessness of it. I know a lot of great English teachers. Well, yeah, it's funny you bring that up because I also don't know how to diagram a sentence, but it was because when I was in eighth grade, when they were doing diagramming sentences at that time, I was given a special project with a couple of buddies of mine. There was a, there was a national... Um, contest to write a find your own way book and so myself and three other uh, classmates were given the opportunity to write this book so during English class for this basically for the length of the quarter um, we were sent into a room to write a book which I can't I, I have to admit, very little writing probably happened at that time. It was a lot of uh, conversation unrelated to English and storytelling. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it just happened to be during the time when it was we, every, the rest of the class was learning how to diagram a sentence. So I never learned how to diagram mm-hmm. a sentence. I will. Well, you have an excuse. I don't. I just ne- it never stuck with me. But no. I'm moving on. Moving okay. on. Sorry, English teachers out there. Uh, what is your? If we went from your favorite subject. Do you have a favorite extracurricular activity after school, gym? Well, you know, I was always involved in singing. And actually, a fun fact about me, mm. I um, I was singing the uh, My Heart Will Go On mm-hmm. um, in Celine Dion mm-hmm. in my country back in the days. And <laughs> I won a second place in this competition. It was a regional competition. And I got a scholarship to learn English in a really uh, recognized institute in the Dominican Republic in my uh, city. So that wow. was that's part of my English education, how I got in, because it was really expensive to wow. get in. Wow. Thank goodness for French Canadians with big voices. I know. I was, uh, yeah. That- and I recorded a CD with the nuns, uh, Mercedarias de la Caridad in the Dominican Republic. It was wonderful. Wow. I just, I don't know where my, where my um, singing skills went. I haven't been singing for a while now. That's oh, Sisters, I, of, Sisters I, of Mercy. I think yeah. we're, A, going to need a copy of that CD, and yeah. B, I think we're going to need an example of that singing at some point soon. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe, maybe for our next postcard. Oh, there you, go. Sounds, there you go. There you go. Well, this, Marinella, this actually could not work better because the next question that I have is Latino singers. Yes. And your favorite. Well, I'll throw Celine Dion in there. So I have Celine Wait, Dion. Wait, Celine Dion oh. is not a favorite no, Latino not, no, singer. No, but she's your favorite. Fine. But, but, then, but then, I love her. Yeah. Okay, now, out of the three, Gloria Estefan, Selena, or Shakira? Hmm. Or, or one that you might actually like, if that's not one of those three. Well, I, I like Shakira, but my favorite artist, um, he is Dominican. And his name is Juan Luis Guerra. He okay. is really uh, recognized, and you should actually uh, listen to some of his songs. He has good letters, and you know he is such a great person. I love uh, his style, and you know what he brings to our country and to our people. He's very uh, beloved too. So you should That's check him out. Juan Luis, Juan Luis Guerra. Okay, yeah. I like gracias. Merengue. Oh, merengue music. 
Yes, and I oh, and yes. I love Shakira too. Okay, that's uh, well. Be, I'm biased toward Gloria. Gloria, she's Cuban. Yeah, I like her music too. But you know, you asked me about favorite. No, hey, that's that's why I asked. I, was, I just have to say a funny story before before I sign off. Uh, very very neat story. So. I was in uh, Stratford for, I think it was Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh-huh. I think you were there. I was there. And it was wonderful. We had uh, little kids dressed up like Juan Diego, and we had a mariachi yeah. band. It was for Our and, Lady of Guadalupe. See, and uh, it was awesome to see. But then after that experience, I went to Wawa, and I ran into that mariachi band. It was great. Like, they were oh. all in their outfits, and I think I talked to them and they were really nice they were a traveling mariachi band from I think western PA and that's where they were headed like they do it all and it was neat to see because I loved hearing it at the church and then to go to Wawa and to run into them have that you know it kind of it was fun to see yeah and now that you're talking about artists today is a big night for the Latina community um, because we celebrate our music with the Premio Solo Nuestro which is you know our big awards for uh, yeah, our artists. Your Grammys are equivalent? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, Okay. Check it out if you want to see what the latest music is. <laughs> I will. That's yes. awesome. Well, uh, I think, are we um, out of time, Mike? Sure, let's say it out of time. Well, no. but before before we go, oh my go, gosh, I, I'm sort of liking these things. We can talk longer. There's no um, reason yeah, we got to no, stop no, no, now. No, 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 I, no, no. Actually, I was gonna, you know, we did ask you some questions, but was there anything you wanted to talk about that uh, we didn't touch on? Was there, or more importantly, do you want to give out contact information if people are interested? Sure. You know, I, I want to make sure that people know that I have an office here in the Diocese of Camden, and um, my phone number is eight five six. Five eight three six one zero eight, and you know they can call me. Um, sometimes I'm out visiting schools or families, but they can certainly leave me messages, and I'll certainly return their calls. Um, if you have a family that wants to be part of a Catholic school, please call me, and I can help. And on the diocesan website, we have everything. We have several pages that are in English and in Spanish, so you can always learn more there. Yes. Okay. Thank you very much for the invitation. I feel. No grateful and I'm glad. I hope next time, you know. No, no. Next time we'll involve singing. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah, you will be, right you will well, be maybe, singing. Maybe the bishop and I could be singing. Oh, he does have a great voice. That would be... I know. Yes. <laughs> and, and he said he probably will sing in Spanish. Really? Yes. Wow. I would pay folding money for so that. So I said to him, maybe we should do it. Well, that I think you need to send him the CD you made <laughs> wow. and tell him to if prep. I can find it. <laughs> that sounds, yeah, I'm finding all this out about you on the second floor. I didn't know that. Okay, so our goal is a podcast recording session with Marianella and Bishop Sullivan singing. Any preferences? Um, I need to think about okay. it. Okay. Let's talk with the Maris. Okay. <laughs> well, I think one of my favorite Spanish songs is Lord When You Came to the Seashore. Oh. I don't know why. I just. Um, Senor, yeah, I know. I'm going to butcher it, so I won't sing it. But uh, it's that's beautiful. I just kind of grew up and hearing that, it's just it was yeah. amazing. You know, when when a lot of the Hispanic people listen to that song, it's very special because uh, they sing it when when somebody dies too, um, because it's mm-hmm. a way to say you know go goodbye, but the Lord will pick you mm-hmm. from there. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's it's very emotional for the Latino community as well. well. I, I think it's a, it's kind of emotional for me. I'm not going to lie because uh, when I hear 
came to the seashore. I've never been to Cuba, but my dad, I've seen pictures. I've seen actually old footage of my dad. He came over when he was a teenager and um, beautiful, beautiful Caribbean country and uh, the seashore right there. And I just think of, uh, I just really, you know, one day I hope to go there. We'll see. Well, maybe, you know, you're certainly invited to the Dominican Republic. That's where we have beautiful um, beaches and, you know, okay. Cheap tickets to go, <laughs> and then you have somebody who can tour the country with you. Hey, there's an idea. She's offered you a tour guide. <laughs> sounds, now, do they have empanadas and fly? Oh yes, we do. Okay, yes. I'm, I'm there, and, and arroz con pollo. And... Arroz con pollo, habichuelas, carne, tostones. Mm, tost mm. El obispo, el obispo, he loves mango. I'm hoping to uh, give him some mango one of these days. <laughs> okay, no wait a second. I did understand all of those words for. A while, right up until you got the mango. What is mango? Mango is, <laughs> mango is um, a traditional Dominican dish made of green plantains. You, oh, it's like mashed potatoes, but they're made of uh, plantains. Oh, I love plantains. And the bishop loves it. Um, oh. So, I may give him some one of these days when I see him. Okay. I think the I think the next one. Maybe we'll do, Mike. Now we need a food podcast. I was just gonna say we should do ah, a food slash music podcast. Oh sure. We, so so, and, so I was gonna say so people could hear us eating and then really get annoyed on social media. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be good. <laughs> people love listening to podcasts and hear people eat on it. We will yeah. be and talking. describing the food. Uh, oh yeah, sure. Oh. And its taste. Mm. <laughs> oh, plantains. I can do that. Okay, I think we do need to, to wrap this up though. Oh, uh, Marinella, thank you very very much for joining us today. You are welcome back anytime. Thank you. Pete, you're welcome back occasionally. Oh, I guess you got to stay. Thank you, sir. You're stuck with me, I think. I think I probably am. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. That sounds good. We are Talking Catholic now, and in the meantime, when we see you again, talk Catholic.